Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Chase Bristow Show. Hi, Chase. This is George Alger. How's it going? Going pretty good, man. How was your day? Pretty good. Just hung out at the dog park, went to my friend Anthony's house. Heck yeah. And I got laid. I got nice. some dick. Really? Yep. So you had a special someone come over to visit the love shack. No, I went to his. Oh, so you went to his love shack. And until today, I didn't know that they had outdoor showers, but we took one outdoor date together in his backyard. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Let's see here. All right. So what are we going to talk about today on the show, bro? Well, I was thinking, you know, like, you know how they have New Year's resolutions. What about end of quarantine resolutions? Like, what do you want to do with your life when you get out of jail? Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. That is. That's really good. We got to see if we can. Um, I was going to try to get um, Karma Moon. Uh, I don't know. Have you? Karma Moon before? Yes, she's a Facebook friend. Yeah, and she's super cool, super sweet. She's a teacher. Um, she's fucked up in the head like us. And um, really cool lady and super funny. She on a podcast with us the other night and it fell through for her. So I've been trying to see about getting her back on with us. And um, are you in the Black Sheep crew? Are you with the Black Sheep Superstar guys? Are you in that group? No, but I'd love to join. Okay. Let's see here. Hold up. I'm about to throw you up in there, bro. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So what's your end of quarantine resolution? Oh, man. let me. Oh, let me think about this. I'm adding you, bro. There you go. So you're in there. Uh, and you'll see, I, I put it in there. Hey, let me know if anybody wants to mess around on the gay nomad on with the gay nomad on his podcast show tonight. I'll send the link out. So I, I let all of them know. Sweet. My homeboy. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I know what I want to do. What's that? I know what I want to do. I want to go to Disney World. I was thinking this the other day. I love Disney. And um, let's go together, yeah, and make a YouTube video of it, <laughs> yeah. Just me and my buddy Chase, me and Chase, Chase and me hanging out with fucking Mickey. Oh, yeah, <laughs> We're gonna yeah. On. I'll be like, Oh, come on. Oh, look, you can have Mickey, and I'll take Minnie. Uh, just make a day of it. Huh. But I was, um, um, I have, uh, before all the quarantine and all that happened, I had the, the Disney passes for me and my daughter. So, you know, um, we'd go probably once a month, go up to Disney. And I was, I was kind of getting a little like bummed out. I was missing the shit out of Disney world the other day. I was like, fuck. I was having a uh, like a Disney um, panic attack. <laughs> I know one thing. I'm going to do a lot more karaoke. Oh yeah, I'm down for 
Oh yeah, definitely. I, and I'm getting the, um, I'm getting everything set up over here where um, I'm wanting to record, you know, like uh, what we were talking about with the, we are the world. Yeah. And, and um, so I got, I got this whole thing set up now where we can record vocals. We can put the music in the background and just like now, uh, oh, we were doing it the other night, playing everything, playing all the music on the podcast. But the only thing is that the music doesn't come in too good through the Anchor app. I don't know if there's uh, something else that we can do to make that music come in better. Right. Like on the show. Because you was doing great with that singing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love the thing. Sing, so, dance, stand up. I do it all. So what is your... Uh, uh, after quarantine oh let's see one of the things was uh going to the beach they just opened the beaches out here in beautiful sunny jacksonville florida so i went to the beach today and got my suntan on that's awesome so how's all the people doing over there at the cemetery they're all dead sweet that makes for um, good conversation, though, right? Uh, yeah, if you use a Ouija board. <laughs> uh, let's see. If you want to know what my love life is like, listen to this song. I just can simple and sweet. Everywhere, fellas would stare. Out on the street. Kind of confused. I refuse to look in their eyes. But now I really love creepy old guys. Some <laughs> disease, skin like real cheese, faggy old asses. <laughs> Cute and vile. Hey, baby, smile. Each guy that passes. They make me blush. Can't get enough. Now one of them loves me and wants to be mine. <laughs> me and my own creepy old guy. The creepy old guy, my creepy old guy. I'm so happy I could cry. Folks may seem disgusted, but we're actually just shy. Creepy old groove, creepy old groove. Create that wedding tune. Hey, folks, step aside. Oh, so creepy, creepy. I'm marrying my creepy old guy. Creepy old guy. Hey, hey, it's a wedding. Hey, 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 Okay. 
All right. So did you get all of your, um, did you get everything you needed to, uh, to do a good podcast tonight? Did you, you got your Newport 100. Mm-hmm. Did you get you something to drink? Cream soda. Nice. And, uh, what else, what, what all do you get? Like me, I like whenever, um, I, I get my ashtray, I get my ashtray ready. I get me something, uh, like I got me, I told you I was going to get this, the sex on the beach. I don't know if you've ever had these, uh, tonight on it's brought to you by the original club tales, sex on the beach, 10% alcohol. So this tall boy will get you fucked up. Think. Oh, you're talking about the drink. I thought you were talking about a hookup. I had quite a few sexes on the beach here in Daytona. Oh, quite a few of the hookups on the six in the beach. Can you tell us about uh, uh, one of these uh, fun nights on the beach? One of these sex on the night, sex on the beach nights? Because I've had one. I've had a couple. One of them. There was a ride attendant who was off duty, and the, there was a carnival that was just shut down. We got it on right in the right inside the ride. Yeah, go on. Well, you know the ride that you strap in the cage and it takes you up and around and around. Oh yeah. Hold on, I'm getting some, like, I'm getting some good background music for it. Let's see. Well, we we sat on there and he had a remote start for the thing and we we strapped in, but just enough so that we could blow each other and we blew each other while the ride was going. Ooh. We got off there, we got off, and we got off the ride. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a little sex on the beach story myself, old friend. You tell. Well, it was Daytona Beach. Have you ever been to Daytona Beach? That's where I was. Though <laughs> that is the best place for uh, a romantic evening on the beach. Uh-huh. I uh, I had a lady friend of mine, and uh, she said she wanted to go to Daytona. And I said, "Okay, let's go." So I rode her over there to Daytona, and you know, uh, we were trying to find a nice little bar or something like that to go into. And um, I noticed that uh, there were some crackheads over there uh, walking towards the beach. Mm. Hey, honey, how about we, uh, we, uh, instead of going to this nice bar over here, we go and see what these crackheads are up to. It's always a good time. Mm. So we went and uh, we started strolling and uh, it almost was like we were, um, I don't know, stalking the crackheads for the night. We followed them towards the beach and uh, it was this lady crackhead and it was pretty cool. She, we followed her and she was carrying on a conversation to herself, talking shit, getting all mad at herself. Then uh, 
she found another crackhead gentleman and uh, she decided to uh, start a, f a fist fight with this gentleman while me and my date watched mm. and then uh, you know we, we started getting a little worked up you know I don't know but whenever I hang out and watch you know people get you know uh, get into a fight and and talk a bunch of crazy talk. It kind of gets me all worked up. So I took her over there to the um, lifeguard, uh, you know, where the lifeguard sit and chills up there on that seat way up high. Mm. I took her over there and then uh, I, uh, I laid her up under the, up, up, up underneath and threw down a little towel and um made sweet love under the dam under the stars right there on the beach while the crackheads were fighting I did it with a lifeguard on top of the lifeguard yeah. <laughs> that was off the top of my head I kind of uh, but that was a true story we uh that was a true story right there I was trying to think about how to make it a little more interesting <laughs> but yeah we fucked while a bunch of crackheads was fighting up <laughs> Yeah, I did it right on top of a lifeguard chair. I'm right in, right on one of the rides there too. Nice. So, who was the lucky guy you that you got to go? You don't have to give a name, but uh, like, uh, how did you meet this lucky gentleman? Today, yeah, I met him on this app called Scruff. It's uh. It's where people go who want to get laid right then and there. <laughs> Pardon me. Oh, so you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to. You know what? You know what's cool about gay folks? All right. Guys, they just want to sometimes just want to get a piece of ass. And that's it. Well, yeah. if you're just dealing with another guy, you're like, yo, bro, you want to get a piece of ass? Yeah, me too. All right. Like with me being straight. I just want to get a piece of ass and I got to jump through a bunch of hoops. I got to damn try to sweet talk them. I'm not the cutest guy on the block. So I have to fucking, you know, uh, uh, be witty and try to have personality and all that stupid shit. Ugh. You know, it's no picnic here in the gay world. Either. What was that? A lot of people think, a lot of people think it's so easy for gays to get laid. It's not. Trust me. I oh, know. really? You know what? I um, you're probably right. Well, I, 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 uh, one of my best friends is a lesbian, and I actually helped her come out to her family in North Carolina. They were, you know, the real Christian family, and she was, uh, she was afraid to come out to her mom and her grandma and all that, and. Um, we started hanging out and we would always go to the straight bars and stuff like that. And I, um, and one day she said, you know what? I, um, it's fun going to the bar with you, George, but like, you always leave me hanging. You go and find some girl and you're all over the bar and all this shit. And, you know, and, and it was always really hard for her. And I said, well, maybe we can go to a gay bar sometime. I'll go with you at a gay bar. And she had never been to one. And, so I said, well, let's see what, we, you know, it was, uh, 
like uh, Ra- uh not Raleigh, but um uh Burlington, North Carolina, which isn't too far from Greensboro. And so I went and I uh, I googled the gay bars and we went and checked out a few. And then I said, what, where do you know, I asked the one because you could tell it was a bunch of dudes. I said, where do all the lesbians hang out? Like, where's the like lesbian gay bar? So he said, oh, it's called the Q Lounge. I said, OK, so we go to the Q Lounge and I was a little hesitant because it wasn't just a lesbian bar. It was a gay bar. And I said, oh, man, you know, I've never been to a gay bar. I, you know, uh, whenever you tell your friends that you're going to go to a gay bar, they always say a bunch of bullshit, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. Well, I went in there and I couldn't believe it. It was the coolest, nicest people. When you go in there, you go to a regular bar, it's like you might get into a fight. There's going to be a bunch of cock strong motherfuckers wanting to fight and, you know, all this shit. I went in there and you walk in and they got fucking hors d'oeuvres at the bar. Like all the, the mm. there was like little pigs in a blanket and little sausages and all that. I'm like, what? So I went, I was like, damn, this is pretty cool. Then a guy came by and he's, they were practice, uh, talking about safe sex. So they had a whole bunch of like jars of uh, like condoms and different uh, lubes and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, take as many as you want. Go ahead. And I was like, what? So I'm just stuffing my pocket with lubes and the shit where you can eat vagina and it tastes like bubble gum. And I'm like, oh, shit, son. So I'm packing it all up. And uh, what was really really different and funny and cool and awesome is like when you go there, uh, it's like the the girls are the ones that kind of get cock strong and might get pissed off. And the gay dudes, they're just hanging out and, ha- you know, don't fucking bother nobody and just having a good time. It's like the complete opposite of going to the regular bar. And uh, I ended up going like every single week. We would go and, uh, and it, what else was cool is I got to be her wingman. So we would go and I'd get up there and dance with the, with the girls just to say, hey, by the way, my sister's over here. And I, you know, and I, and, uh, I got pretty good at being the lesbian wingman. You know, something strange about me is I, I hate gay bars really? with passion. I just feel so out of place. Oh, there. Yeah. I'd rather go to a straight bar any day. Cause I have a lot more fun at a gay bar. They, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't even consider myself gay. I consider myself more of a homophobic cock fucker. Hmm, homophobic cock. Fucker? Sucker. Sucker. You know, like a vacuum. Oh, um, okay. Because, because the gay community is more judgmental than any other community oh, there is. is oh, I'm glad I'm hearing about this. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give you the real story about gay people. Oh, now, that a lot of is this no matter are. where you go? Is this no matter where you go? Because yeah, pretty much. Out I there mean, in North Carolina, you know, everybody was so fucking nice at all the gay bars. Wherever I've gone to a gay bar, it's been hell. Like the people there are just stuck up, snobbish, judgmental, and if you're oh. not, you know what it probably is. is. I hate to cut you off, but you know what it, I think it is. It's I don't think it's so much the females because all the because I was hanging out with a bunch of lesbians and all the lesbians. Yeah, all the lesbians were super cool. The guys are like 
the guys, if you're not exactly what they're looking for, they will look elsewhere. You have to be 110 percent what they're looking mm. for. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not picky as long as you don't need a Viagra. <laughs> <I'm not cool. laughs> um, but the weirdest thing happened to me at a gay bar in BC. I went to the gay bar where. If you take your shirt off, you get free drinks for the for the night. As long as your shirt's off, you really? get for free. So I went to I went to this gay bar, took my shirt off, got all the free drinks, and my date left me. And I met this lesbian whose date left her, and we she had a ticket she had a ticket she was going to take with her lesbian date to this straight um, rave with a DJ that you, she paid good money for. So I went. With her to a straight rave, I wound wound up going on a date with a lesbian, a gay guy and a lesbian. And now, a how did bar. that go? Pretty amazingly, and then I went. I got home about eight thirty in the nine o'clock in the morning and went on grinder. <laughs> uh, I thought this was going to turn into a sweet love story. <laughs> uh, so, brother Chase. So, uh, you're what? How how old are you? I was born on the fifth anniversary of the oh, Golden don't Girls. Don't tell me. All right. Mm, the fifth. Hold on, tell me. Let yeah, me guess. Yeah. Let me. I, and I'm not gonna cheat. I'm gonna try to think about this because I think the Golden Girls was still around. I'd say you were born in '90. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. I hope that I hope that you see that I'm not a Golden Girl poser now. The Golden Girls first aired September 14, 1985, and I was born September 14, really? 1990. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, a little thing about me is uh, Brother Chase is um, a Golden Girls fanatic. He has the Golden Girl tattoo, which is pretty sweet and awesome. And uh, a, one yeah. of our uh, uh, one of our things that we have in common is I also love the Golden Girls. And what was funny is I was talking about my pink Golden Girls shirt, and then you sent me a picture of you in your pink Golden Girls shirt, same exact shirt. So uh, my granny, my granny was um, she loved uh, three things. Uh, she loved God. The Golden Girls and Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> so, <laughs> a good little combo, right? So we, uh -huh. I, I grew up, and what was funny is, you know, when they would run the Golden Girls late at night, she would actually, uh -huh. you know, I'd be like five or six, and if I, uh, if I kind of was like in there in the bed being whiny or whatever she'd holler out there come here baby come on out here granny and i come on out there and we'd watch golden girls and watch the news and then uh go on to bed so uh, i um i kind of grew up on the golden girls right along with you bro and uh it, it's funny now uh and that's how that we kind of even met was your love for betty white led you to reach out to Derek, which Derek has worked with Betty White. And next thing you know, here we are doing fucking podcasts. 
Yep, and I'm gonna be in a movie uh, with Derek. Dream come true. <laughs> yep, he's got me because that Netflix movie he's talking about, the Fire uh-huh. Academy. He said oh, that he wants to be that's in. awesome. Can you believe it? I'm going to be okay. working alongside. You know, Betty I White might have to be there just to like, just in case you have uh, like some emotional shit going on. I'll be there and have your back, bro. And I got to get the Betty White autograph. If yeah. I don't get to meet her, I would love to like, I don't know, get an autograph or get the Golden Girl shirt signed. And I will sport that bitch right on stage. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well. I know one thing. People say I'm going to get all hype. People always tell me, oh, you're going to get too hyper around her. You're going to get really excited. I'm probably, if anything, my heart will stop and I'll drop dead. <laughs> but you know what? You'll but die happy. Of course I will. The last thing I'll see is Betty White and my bucket list will be complete it. anyway. Let's see. <laughs> Dying on set of a movie when Betty White walks in, I just hope my part it's done first. Uh, I'm trying to look <clears throat> something up real quick. Uh, let's see. Um, the first there um, Oh, here we go. All right. Oh, man. I wish I could have remembered this a second ago. Okay. You know what? This. Here we go. This, I've been burping a lot. You know what's pretty awesome, bro? That would be, what? you know, and it's it's cool how we have little little things in common. Like you were talking about Howard Stern, and that's one of my idols is Howard Stern. And um, I think that if we put that energy out there, I think it might happen. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean... This I was brought up in a liquor store. I, that's something I don't really talk about much. But I was raised mm-hmm. in a liquor store because my parents really paid me no mind. So in my young adult years, when I started roaming the neighborhood, I went to the liquor store mm-hmm. that my mother always used to go to called Christo's. And if anyone's listening in Maryland, I suggest you go to Christo's for amazing service because they have the most friendliest, amazing people. Say hi to Johnny. Say hi to Mike. Hubbard, or they, as they call him Mikey Fresh, and Nick, they had a, her, I mean, they had a him, and they're awesome people. Um, but my parents really never had time for me or did anything with me, so I would oh, always wow. go there and learn the facts of life from them. And I got my first sign spinning gig because I used to walk around the neighborhood with a portable DVD player and Michael Jackson music. Dressed up in my in my Michael Jackson outfit, walking well, down how old were you? the street, dancing. I just got out of high school and didn't know what the hell to do with my life, so I figured I'd do YouTube videos and dress up as Michael Jackson <laughs> and dance down the street. Good. Hey, you know what? Um, you're very interesting. You're very interesting. Uh, you're... You're um you're kind of uh you're you're living that life, you know. Like you say, you're the gay nomad. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, we had such a good couple podcasts, and you are such a character. You are so different, and um and I love people that are different. You know, the same old cookie cutter sh- crap in life. Ah, uh, it gets so boring. 
be different, you know, um, and, and, and you, uh, and I've, I was just telling my buddy this, I, I've caught it. I've thought about this, you know, these different parallel universes when you start thinking, well, you know, I might could do this. I might could do that. And you kind of start to imagine, and then you kind of maybe choose which path, you know, you start kind of thinking, well, I could do that. And I've, and I've kind of thought that before about just kind of saying, you know, uh, uh, live a free life and just I know one thing I'm going to be when I meet Betty White I want that I want it to be commemorated because I want to get that would be awesome bro the day I meet her I'm going to get a tattoo of her here you go bro Upon a star, there's no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. If your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. When you Upon a star, as dreamers do. You're doing it, bro. <laughs> the star I wish upon That's is it. anyone. Like a boat out of the blue, fate steps in and sees you through. Upon the star, your dreams come true. They're coming true. They're coming true. Huh? Indubitably. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Be a good person. Um, kind of like with me. Uh, when I first got into comedy, I said, you know, I uh, I don't know what I'm doing. They told me I went through a comedy zone in Jacksonville. And they, they told us new comedians, us young and up-and-coming comics, that if we wanted something, nobody, including Comedy Zone, is going to help you. Comedy Zone will not promote you. Comedy Zone will not put you that. Yeah, they won't do oh, shit damn. for you. So you. No, I'm not talking about that. I I, I had a regular AMW cream soda. And I what out the a goddamn fuck? <sighs> I knew it was funny. You know what? That's like getting a Diet Coke. A Diet Coke. Does not taste more like a fucking regular Coke.
I said, damn it, and I, and I had to drink the diet one after the regular one. I had such an amazing experience with the regular one, and then I picked up <sighs> the damn diet. Ew. <sighs> that really, I'm upset about that. I'm sorry that happened to you. Mm. Like I was saying, like with you, well, being good, being uh, good to others, and you see these doors are starting to open, and you just keep being good to others, making people mm -hmm. laugh. And I have a feeling that all of your mm -hmm. dreams are, are, uh, are coming true. And, and they're not that crazy of dreams. They're pretty, um, pretty, well, you know what? They probably sounded a little crazy when you first was like, you know what? I want to meet Betty White. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to put it out there. It's going to happen. And then, mm-hmm. Bam. Mm -hmm. Bam. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, that was like me. I um I said uh I don't know what I'm doing in comedy, but I'm going to be good to other people. I noticed that a lot of comedians are a bunch of assholes to each other, but I said, you know, I'm going to not even care about me and try to be nice to everybody else. And that's why I love to host. Like I when I go, I love to host shows because I love to get the crowd super pumped up for the comedians. So that's my thing. I really love to host and um, just me being good to people and trying to get people excited about comedy, um, that's what led me to meeting um, the the guys, you know, Derek, like just like with you, Derek, old good old Derek, Derek, Juicy Jones, and the Black Sheep guys, and then, um, and then Brad Pittman. I met him at a comedy, uh, um, at a comedy, uh, what what the hell? Uh, it was a fucking tournament it was a comedy tournament and i ran into brad and, and brad he's killing it right now with doing his podcast he's getting um all kinds of celebrities and stuff like that and and brad i didn't know him from anybody and he came up to me at this tournament and said hey are you george alger i said yeah he said man i saw your stuff on on Facebook and how cool and, and positive you are. And, and uh, it got me excited and he'd been doing comedy for like 20 years, 20 or 30 years, but he got out of it. He kind of got burnt out on it. And he said um, that I got him excited again about comedy. And I'm out here in uh, Florida. He's up in Georgia, didn't know each other. And just me putting my um, positive energy out there and trying to get people excited about comedy it got him excited and it's reboosted. I mean, I don't want to take credit like I did, but it, I, 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 it just kind of made me feel really fucking good that um, just me being excited, being good to others got him back excited about it. And he got back into it. And then here about, uh, it's been almost two years later. Um, we've stayed in contact and he, uh, He's building this damn podcast empire over there in in Georgia, and he has uh, he's been the one to to get me excited about doing podcasts, and and now I got me my little studio up and going, and who knows where it might lead us. And now we got you over here that uh, you're coming up with fucking good ideas and and getting excited and it. Like I think we're all going to do a really good fucking job together and um, bring something new and exciting and uh, 
do everything out of love. We might pick on each other and talk shit about each other, but it's like a brotherly love and they else pick on on our little brother. I mean, we might give him shit or you might give us shit, but uh, yeah, other people might have to uh, have to go through the ranks before they can uh, have the privilege to talk some shit. <laughs> Why don't we do like our own? Yeah, that was a diet one. That wasn't. Yeah, that was no. That wasn't full fledged. That was diet root beer. What the fuck? That blame. It's lame. Ooh, nice. Sardines because I had sardines earlier. Now, what ones did you get? Did you get the one with the mustard or the hot sauce? Um. What regular? Water. Oh. Well. I like yeah. the ones with the hot What's sauce or the that? mustard, but the regular is good. Me and my grandpa, when I was a kid, he would take me to the park, and we I would go and play and shoot some hoops, and grandpa always liked to just sit there on the tailgate of the truck, and he would have the little cans of, uh, what is it, uh-huh. the potted meat, or he'd have, or he'd have sardines, and oh, yeah. I'd go over there and sit with him. And crack open the sardines and eat them with crackers, and then get back to playing basketball. So uh, I'm a mm. I, yeah, I can feel you on the sardines. It's always fun to show kids uh, how to eat sardines because I like to pull the little bones out and wiggle them all, all around and make it look like a little worm, you know, the little backbone, and go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, um, throwing this out there, what do you think about us all getting together, collaborating on like a sketch comedy series, sort of I like Saturday Night Live? That would be um, another one of my dreams. Like, look, we were like twin brothers or something. Maybe we're Siamese twins in another life, but um... hey, well, you're the straight hey, version. We of could, you. I could be. Uh, I. I but I don't think I don't think you've been around the well, block. Well, I tell you what, I did get accused four times today of being gay, but I just roll with it. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm gay, so you know, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I I, I tell them, look, I am gay. So you ladies, y'all feel co- you can feel comfortable around me. I don't care if you you know if y'all have to change around me or whatever. Ugh, gross. So I mean, y'all are fine. <laughs> uh. I would love to do, to pull the straight card and be going to a men's locker room. Although my boner would probably <laughs> give everything boner. away. Now, what do you take care of business real quick in the shitter? Mm. What if you take care of business real quick in the shitter? You huh? go to the stall and take care of business, then you know goes down, and then just enjoy the view, right? That doesn't make no difference oh, with me. God, it just keeps getting younger and younger. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm 29 years old and I get, I can come like 30 times in a day. And now when I was 18, I was a one and done deal. That's funny. I'm like I we are brothers because I'm like that too. <laughs> That's funny. Mm. Yeah, I had uh, me and the Energizer Bunny had a falling out because he couldn't keep going Lion and going four. and going like he said. So, um, uh, no, I'm talking about the damn no, I'm a uh, Energizer Bunny. 
There you go. Oh, he couldn't even be a whore. So, okay, when you were dancing around like Michael Jackson and 18, uh, what, Uh, uh, when did you first uh, get into uh, stand up comedy? When I was, when I accidentally fell into it, I was in Los Angeles. And uh, back in uh, real quick, you said you were you were born and raised and, where Maryland. Okay. Uh, yes, I went. I went to help somebody move to Hawaii. I responded on a personal ad on Craigslist. Free road trip to Los Angeles. Must mm. have your own way back. Help me with moving. So I did, and. I got dropped off in Los Angeles. My dad got me a hostel for about a month. And I went to this place that did open mic. I didn't know what open mic meant at the time. And I, they, you had to pay $5 for about five, 10 minutes. Fucking, like, oh, fucking cream soda. Well, anyway, so I'm sitting there. I'm pay, I pay $5 and I'm like, so where's the music? And it's like, oh, this is a comedy club. I was like, oh fuck, I'm I'm gonna do it. I, I said, everybody says they, that I gotta get, I gotta do stand up. I gotta do stand up. Everybody's telling me that, so I'm just gonna do it one time and shut everybody the hell up. So I did it, and oh, people loved it. And they said, you gotta come back. You gotta. So come you uh, oh, so so you didn't have a set prepared, right? You didn't have anything prepared, right? No, I just thought of, I just thought <laughs> to myself, what would the Golden Girls do? They'd get up there and say, fuck it and get it done, right? Right. I just, I, then I just thought, what would Blanche do? Oh, she would just talk about her men. And, and I did. I talked about <laughs> each one of all my things. That is so funny. Oh, my God. We are, I am the straight version of you. Um, every, about every single one of my sets, I talk about my fucked up love life. I even start off one of my shows where I go, uh, I say, uh, they introduce me and I go, hey, how's everybody doing tonight? And then I go, yeah, I really suck at love. And that's how I started off. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then, and then mm. I can tell about three or four or five or well, six or 17 different stories real quick. Well, I always, I like go up on stage and then I'm like, I get them going by talking about, um, well, how my, I said, do you guys cat lovers? And like, anybody have a cat out there? Like, they're like, yeah, I said, you know how my, my cat used to rub up and down my legs and, um, I told my mom, you know, my cat's in heat. She's like, how do you know? I said, she's rubbing up in, uh, between my legs. I, she's like, that's, oh, you know, I said, that's what I do when I'm in Everybody laughed, and I said, I said, am I, do I suck? I would say, do I suck? They said, no, no. I said, well, you guys don't know so, me, man, do okay. you? Because I can suck deep throat and everything else, and they all just go. And and how long and ago I just was that? Going off on my day, about my date. 
Uh, oh yeah, that, yeah, that'll be uh, in the uh, in that's in the late night uh, when we go into talking a little more late night talk here about thirty minutes. <laughs> so uh, you've been doing stand up, stand up. How long have you been doing that? Like, when was that first mm. show when you said, "Oh shit, open mic"? Oh shit. Okay, well, we've uh, been at it about the same amount of time. Yeah, that, that's funny. Damn. Yeah, been about, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. July, July will be my two hey, years you, uh, you know, when I first did my first show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then I, went, I came to... Um, I came to Orlando. Okay. I met William Rodriguez. Yes, yes, I love William. You know him? He, he did. He made. Oh, he is the we, funniest thing. I've okay, ever so met in my let's life. say if. Oh my God. Uh, I did a show really in Lake City. Uh, I called it the County Line Comedy Jam. I came up watching um, uh, Deaf Comedy Jam growing up on HBO and watching all the, the black comedians uh -huh. and talking shit. And I love the crowd work uh, with, with those guys back in the nineties. And a lot, it, it, it's not as hardcore as it used to be, but you know, they'd get out there and they would work the crowd. They'd start talking shit to the crowd. They're interacting with the crowd and in the, in the, the crowd, when you watch the old deaf comedy jam, the crowd is nobody's in their seat. Everybody is dying, laughing. They are getting up. They are fucking hooting and hollering, wilding out, going crazy. And I was like, wow, that is so awesome. You know, I, I, that's what I want. I don't want this boring, just, you know, open mics where they just come up and they're telling their little jokes and you got a little guy that introduces them. I like to have a fucking DJ. I like to have uh, uh, lighting. I like to have a fucking entertainment show. I love to have a fucking show. So we did that in, uh, in Lake city and, um, and William, and this is what I do. Hmm. Uh, well, I, when I first get out there, I, I get the, the DJ, uh, I get them to turn the lights off. And this is what I did on this one. I picked Ball with the Ball by Kid Rock. And uh, I got up on stage when the lights was off. Mm -hmm. And then Ball with the Ball starts coming on. And I know you know, it's like, Ball with the Ball, the bang, the bang, digger, 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 chuck the boogie, chuck up, chuck the boogie. Ball with the Ball, the bang, the bang, boogie, chuck the boogie. And then whenever it goes, my name is Kid. That's when they turn the light on, and then I just fucking like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. But uh, like I uh, I just go into fucking going crazy with the crowd. I talk about um, the what we're doing there. I, I throw out. Um, I talk about the club. I talk about the show. I try to get the fucking crowd super excited. I have to send you a video of it. But I, I, uh, I, I'm a big wrestling fan too, so I like to get, uh, I got, I like to get that, that 
Oh, there it is! And that... I will never do Cream Soda Light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 but what I... What I'm getting to is, so I get the crowd, I try to get the crowd super excited, and I try to make every comedian, I try to make every comedian the fucking, um, the headliner, not the last comedian. Every comedian gets the same amount of time. Every comedian means just as much to me as the next or the last, and get everybody super excited for the first comedian and keep that energy going. And then uh, it got to, I think, if I remember, William might have been the third or fourth guy up. And uh, William Rodriguez, uh, we, I'd go backstage, you know, while the comedians, you know, the comedian would, were doing their set. I'd go backstage and I'd get with the next comedian. And then when I get backstage mm -hmm. with the next comedian, I try to get them psyched up because I want to keep that energy going. So I went back there to William and William's like me, this motherfucker. I guarantee you he was on Ritalin and, and fucking whatever growing up. Cause he is bouncing off the walls. He put on his little pimp suit. He had that red pimp suit on and looking like he was going to the fucking player haters ball or something. I go back there and I'm like, yo, William, I said, what do you want to know about you, bro? And he's an air force man. So I was wanting to do um, the Top Gun theme song, and I was wanting to really put it out there that this is the Air Force man. And he said, no, I don't want – he's like, no, brother, I don't want you to do that. What I want you to do is do uh, – I want to be I want to be brought out to Cypress Hill and um, tell them that you – that uh, tell the crowd that uh, I'm going to the – to." Uh, to the pimp, the pimp, the pimp ball or whatever. I forget how he, how he worded it, but, uh, and I got lost and I'm coming here. So me and him, I was giving him high fives. We're jumping up and down, spinning around in circles and I'm getting super excited. And, um, and then, you know, when it starts to get time for the comedian to wrap up, I, I go up there and, um, when he, when he gets off, I they play my intro music because I was doing uh walk it like I talk it and to get uh after every comedian they put walk it like I talk mm -hmm. it. That's when I come back up and I shake my ass for the ladies in the crowd. And um I uh I introduced William <laughs> as they got lost and he, he's out here in the fucking country and as soon as he came out all the ladies was going crazy. Uh, he put on a fucking amazing show. It was, and we got a bunch of pictures. I'll have to send them to you since that's your homie too. Um, had a, uh, awesome fucking show. And then after the show, I went around, you know, talking to everybody and I, and I was asking who their favorite comedian was and just about every lady there. It was all about William Rodriguez. So that's my boy. I love him forever. <laughs> oh, he's quite the hottie too. Hey, I tell you what. Look, we don't let no ugly motherfuckers hang out with us. Him. You know what I mean? Yeah, we gotta. <laughs> that's one of the things we gotta keep the ladies happy. And, and 
Well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know I'm... I'm not ugly, but I'm not, oh, I'm yeah, not yeah. a motherfucker. Now, either. yeah, yeah, we got the first father fucker in the crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> the only one. Because I'm too fabulous to have any other game yeah, in there. The most fabulous <laughs> one. I, I was the fabulous one in the crew, but um, yeah, now uh, I have to... Uh, yeah, I'm a close number two. Sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Well, when William did my show, he just he um he said, "What what what songs do you want?" And I just looked at him. I said, "Really?" Oh, I dude, that would be okay, fucking you got awesome. The Golden Girls theme song. We got yeah. So I came out. I, I came out, and I had let everybody in a oh, in the awesome. in a sing along. Thank you for being a friend. And I had a Golden Girl shirt on, Golden Girl lounge pants, Golden Girl socks, uh, Golden Girl's handbag, Golden Girl's book bag, Golden Girl's blanket, and a Golden Girl's wallet in my hand. And I'm coming out wearing nothing but Golden Girls. My hair was let down because. Uh, and a cock ring. And Did a you say a cock ring on your arm? And so, <laughs> Just in case. Yeah, because <laughs> I never knew when I'm going to leave it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I took, I said I'm going to go out there and remove everything that's not Golden Girl. So I removed my shoes and I removed <laughs> my hair tie. I removed my cock ring and my like, Oh. And marched up oh my there God. in my stocking feet with my Golden Girl socks on and it's... Golden Girl pants and everything. And just laid the... I even laid my own stage out because I had a Golden Girl's blanket and I... That is awesome, bro. You know what? It's funny. As silly as it is it. to say, you know what? I took off my shoes and I removed my cock ring. Um, as funny as that sounds, it's very, to me, very heartwarming. And I know that... Um, it meant a lot to you. So that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, bro. <laughs> there's a, there's, that's the only time I ever removed my That, that is uh, very heartwarming. And um, I did I did tear up a, a little bit with that. <laughs> and you know what? Look, if we ever do a show <laughs> and I get to host... I would definitely put on the Golden Girls shirt real quick, just uh-huh. when I come out to introduce you. You know, I would definitely represent. You're right. You are so right, bro. You're so right. When if so, that's oh, you know what? That is another one of those um, after the the pandemic. Um, how did you put it? Instead of the end of the year goal. After the, uh, yes, yes, that's it. That's another good end of quarantine goal to put out there and know and trust and believe and know that it's going to happen. You're right. Don't even say if, but when. You're right. And you know what? It'll be pretty awesome because then we can be like, bro, we said this is going to happen. And then, bam. 
Like I, yeah. like I don't tell people if I meet Betty White. I just tell them when I meet Betty White. And I did, and I didn't even know Derek when I said, "When I meet Betty White, I'm going to do this." When I, you know, I never even used that word if I meet Betty White because, you know, for the longest time there has not been a shadow of a doubt in my mind that I wouldn't meet her because I oh, worked so yeah, bad that's that I right. that God is going to mm. grant me that wish. You know, I don't think if, you know, if I want something, if God, if, if I want something bad enough, you know, God's going to give it to me because mm -hmm. if I can't live without it, if my life has no meaning That's without right. it, and, and, um, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, let uh, it knock me. Me, myself, I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction. And I know I drive people crazy. I always bring it up, <laughs> but. It's just like the law of gravity, um, the law of attraction, aka the law of love. You put out love, you put out love, 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 you put out love, that's what you're gonna receive. You try your hardest to ignore the negative and not focus on anything. Like you don't focus on anything you don't want, you just believe in in, in what you do want. So that was good that you called me out on that because that was uh, that was really good, and you know, check this out. Mm. That breather mm -hmm. just felt really good too. Talking you know back what? at me, going down the escalator. You know what? Check this out, bro. I had a breather too. Mm -hmm. All I do Come on now. You're a that you know um I I even went as far oh, as like a she's gonna be so Facebook excited to meet you. To meet Betty White. Like I have gone above and beyond. Just a, such a cool and you know what? Um you know what I'm looking I'm looking at their picture right now and it always uh, <laughs> oh you know what I could do a little bit of trivia because I can't quite remember where was her hometown on the show? Oh, that's it. Saint Olaf, Minnesota. <laughs> hey, I have not ever All right. been on the Golden Globes. Okay, so um, you got Sophia. All right, okay, where are all of the not? Okay, here we go. Can you go to each Golden Girl and tell me their 
their name in the Golden Girls and their name in real life. <laughs> Too easy. Betty White, Rose Nyland, Rue McClanahan, Blanche Debro, Beatrice <laughs> Arthur, Dorothy Bornack. All right. Here's one that I I definitely have never heard. Episodes. And if you know it, impressed. The characters, the characters on the show. Okay, so we know Betty White's character on the show. She was from St. Olaf. Mm-hmm. Where were the other characters from? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh she would always tell York, all those funny uh, those, uh, stories about um, how growing up in Sicily. Oh. Picture it, Sicily, 1922. And, and really? Blanche oh, Devereaux yes, she was, was a Southern Belle. And I'm guessing was Blanche, uh, who, like, uh-huh. I know you love Betty White, but as far as the show growing up, who was your favorite to watch? Well, it's changed over the years. At first it was, um, Everybody starts loving Sophia, but then it sort of changed into dark. Okay, and, now my, and um, now Blanche, my favorite Blanche passed Blanche. away in real life, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they all did except for Betty. Now, if I could meet, if I had to meet, if I could meet and hang out with just one. And none of the rest. It would have been mm. room to And I loved again. her too. She was always so funny. Um, <laughs> she was so fucking horny all the time. You, do you want to know the most heartwarming and like almost it was the most overwhelming and heartwarming what? experience I've ever had. I tear up every time I talk about it. I went to I don't know if you've heard of the cafe that Rula that Rula Brew Cafe that was in oh, New no, York. No, I didn't. Up. Is it still that going? Is it still up and going? Cafe. This uh, no, it it was it closed in a little less than a year, but I know the owner. The owner was best friends with Rue McClanahan, and he said that he was. Having, I talked to him. I told him that my dad and I were going for a, to see a, a drag performance of the Golden Girls. And he said, well, why don't you come up and be the first person to ever set foot in here that, that's not doing construction? I was so beclamped. And it, it, it just gets better than that. I saw all the clothes that she wore in the, in the, in the show. And he said, um, and I I saw all her Emmys and everything that she had. And he said, I want you to, said, before this tour is over, I want you to sit down in this chair. This is Ruth's favorite chair from her apartment. I have something for you. And he pulls out this envelope. Oh my God. And it has an autographed picture of Ruth McClanahan in it. And and in the, and the, the envelope still has the little bulge in it. And I pull, I pull out this box and look at the back of, 
of the thing and this box. I thought he put oh, it in by mistake, it. but he gave it to me. It was a pin that she had. A pin that was in her Oh my gosh. You know what? You have got such her. a giant good heart. Just, you know, literally just, uh, you know, you, um, you being so into the Golden Girls, you know, that's just your thing. That's what you, you know, that probably growing up gave you a lot of joy and, um, and you just saw how good hearted these ladies were and, and just a really good, you yeah. know, something with, I know you told me a lot of hurt and stuff went on when you were younger and I'm sure that they always put a smile on your face and always probably made and um, it just shows me that um, you are yeah, you're a really good person, good hearted person deep down. So like, just really cool. Like, it's awesome to meet you, and and it's awesome to see uh, your dreams coming true, bro. It was like I I cried the entire weekend. I was looking at that pen. I was crying the entire weekend. I could not stop crying. And when my dad, my my dad and I were get, were leaving and about to go to the hotel, and I, I, thought I, crying, I couldn't even stand up. I thought I was going to have a panic attack or something. I had, I had to sit down. I couldn't even stand. I, I couldn't even stand on my own two feet when I got that pen. My head was spinning. I was like crying. I was so emotional. Not only, not only because I received something that was oh my goodness part of her part of her collection, one of her favorite pieces of jewelry. Um, but the fact that it said that it was in her apart, the certificate said. It was in her apartment at her time of death, and the fact that she died had had just hit me and struck me with that pin, and the fact Goodness. that I owned a piece of her jewelry, one of her favorite pieces too. Um, I just had all these emotions inside of me, and I was trying. I there was a telephone booth outside of this place, and I had to sit inside the. Like on the top, on the top. You know what it reminds me of? I was gonna fall over. Um, I felt like I was gonna pass out. It reminds me of uh, like my granny. You know, um, just <clears throat> that kind of love that you had, and and um, it, you know, that's what it reminds. It reminds me of just that love you have for that. Um, my, I maybe that's why I like the Golden Girls. My mom, my mom was never there, and I hear your, your, your little, you know, not little, but your, your stories where you, I could tell you have that resentment towards your mom being on drugs and this and that, and, and that's what I went through. My mom was on drugs. She was a biker, you know. She was not a biker, but, a, and for, for, you know, I, I love my mom, but she was a biker whore. She liked to do drugs oh. and liked to be on the back of a Harley, and I never had. Well, my mom did, and I didn't have that really good mom, no, mom figure growing up. Drugs. My granny was like a mom to me, and she passed when I was uh, nine, my granny. So my my mother figure was mm. gone at nine, and my other mom, she was out doing drugs and wasn't never there. So 
I always looked up, and that's probably now that I think about it, you, like I told you, I'm the Dr. Phil around here, but I think that's what was was uh, was up with me is I, uh, I kind of looked for that mother figure and you know, good ladies that loved loved their kids and was good to people. So like my best friends, moms and stuff like that, or in this case, the golden girls, you, you, I'd watch it. And, um, it was kind of the only thing that I had to kind of, um, to see what good women were like, because around good women, I didn't have, you know, a lot of, a lot of families, a lot of people say, ah, oh, the daddy wasn't there. My dad, dad sucked. You know, my dad wasn't never there. Dad was a piece of shit. He left the, the family. But it, like with my family, it was the opposite. The moms, all of the mo- I come from a history of bad mothers in my, in, at least in my family. And um, so I would look for uh, just, uh, I guess, good motherly role models to kind of, know uh what it's like to have a good female figure in your life so something and then um my granny before she passed she loved the golden girls and we'd sit there and watch it together so um even after she passed i'd go over my best my best friend aaron his mom which was another one of those ladies that i really looked up to really good mom you know me and him was best friends at uh like 14 15 and i'd go over there spend the night I'm like, wow, your mom is so nice. She's so sweet, so nice. And she loves the Golden Girls. I'd sit and watch the Golden Girls with his mom. And uh, so you get all those, um, when you when you think back about it, you think about childhood and, mm. and good memories, you're like, wow, uh, I always had good memories with the Golden Girls. And it was always funny and super sweet. You, and you'd always get like a, uh, you, you'd laugh your ass off with Blanche. And then you'd hear Sophia talk to her daughter and then you'd have Betty White come in there and say her off the wall shit because her character was super smart, but ditzy to the world. You know, she was ditzy to America and and the way fucked up people think. (laughs) Yo. I have a question for you. Have you ever seen the Golden Palace? Palace. Um, the like Palace. You know, no, I don't think so. The kings, the queens, whatever. Palace. Okay, the Golden Palace is the spinoff of the Golden Girls. After Dorothy gets married to Blanche's uncle Lucas, who's played by Leslie Nielsen, they. They close out the Golden Girls with a big hug, and Dorothy leaves, and they this, and then it opens up the Golden Palace where that left off, and the Golden Girls, Blanche and Rose and Sophia, really? uh, it, buy a hotel and think they can run it. And so it was a show Palace. after the Golden Girls, and it lasted for like twenty-four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. After here's Dor- the question. After Dorothy left. Why did Dorothy leave? Bought a hotel. Oh. Because she was tired of being so in Dor- sitcoms. She's Dorothy was Sophia's more. daughter. So and, she was um, the first one to go. 
So then yeah. it was left with Sophia, Blanche, and uh, Rose. Oh, really? Rose. And, and the Golden Palace yeah. goes in depth about a lot of things. And you know Rose's uh, boyfriend, Miles? If you like him and like the relationship, I'd recommend you, know, you didn't you watch anything. You've got me wanting to like, just binge watch Golden Girls. Because you'll change it. Well, if you want the spoiler alert, Rose does what? not end up with Miles ever because Miles well, cheats on Rose and that one. another woman. So, and you find that yes. out on in, in the Golden Palace. Mm-hmm. I'm writing this down. Can you tell me? Can you hear this? That's my pen. I'm yeah. writing down a note. Yes. Um. And if you see this episode, the two parts seems like old times, like old times, part one and two. Dorothy visits, and there's a scene. Yes, and there's a you get to see Shady Pines and for the first Pines, time. That's uh, what Rose would always talk about, what right? Shady Pines really looks like in that episode. No, mm-hmm. Rose would say back in Saint Olaf, hog and plug and blue and blue. Something like that. <laughs> That's right. The shady pine you know what? Listen, like you're literally pine. you're so you are bringing back so many good not. funny memories in my head. I I I love the Golden Girls, and it's all memories to me because I literally haven't really watched the Golden Girls. Like um, when I'm flipping through, I don't even have cable anymore or anything. But when I had cable, like four or five years ago, when I'd flip through, I'd see them on TV Land or something like that. And I'd watch it again, but um, but now I, I I could probably go on Amazon Prime and just look up Golden Girls and look at look I wrote it I wrote it down right here the Golden Palace and seems like old times so I'm going yeah hey don't so give too much away episode, if you're gonna, gonna say gonna something let me take my headphones off are you are you gonna do another spoiler alert just the guilt trip. No, I'm just going to tell you a couple of things. Just a couple. Shady Pines was nothing more than a guilt trip. That's all I'm saying because it wasn't as nearly as bad as oh. Sophia said it was. It was a okay. guilt trip to all right, all right. Okay. feel bad. So I'm trying to remember. So Dorothy put her mom it, into Shady Pines, but, but then she, she got her back out, and that's why they were living together again, right? But Okay, here's here, okay, here. Give me the, the give me the premise to Golden Girls. What got all them ladies no, living together? Shady Pines burned down. Well, Dorothy and Rose answered an ad that Blanche put in the, on a wall in the supermarket. Sophia's home burnt down, mm-hmm. and um, she came to live with them. Now, Shady Pines was a lovely retirement home. Um, that's how they came to live. Oh, so, um, Dorothy and Rose. So, uh, so who, okay, on the, on the show, whose house was it they were living in? Okay, so that was Blanche's house. Okay. 
Blanches. Um, now in the Golden Girl, now in the Golden Palace, when Dorothy visits, um, Dor- they all get they're getting a little bit of an argument, and um, Rose and Dorothy says something, and Rose is like, and Dorothy's like, or what? And Rose picks up a newspaper and, and says, or oh, this, and whacks Dorothy in the head with the newspaper. <laughs> and Dorothy starts crying. You hit me. Why did you hit me? And so, Blanche okay, like, so um, how, how many seasons of Golden Girls? So you were two years old when um, when the show seven. was over with. What what got you so into it? Because I thought, okay, okay, I'm straight, yeah. and I'm probably uh, one of the bigger straight Golden Girls fans. I mean, I don't know you probably know a lot more people that love Golden Girls than I do, but um, it's kind of like my little uh, mm-hmm. my little secret love or whatever. And, and like I and you know, people always accuse me of being gay because I I am into little sensitive shit, and I'm into like I love the fucking Golden Girls, and I like to listen to gay ass music, so everybody thinks I'm gay. But um, like, what got? Because I got into it huh. because um, I'm a couple years older than you, thirty eight. So it was still like a big thing when I was a kid, and. And uh, I really got into it, but you, when you really got into it, you were watching all the reruns. Well, I got into it because Ah. my mom used to watch it on Lifetime. I I remember I was in kindergarten. I was coming home. I was finishing my homework, learning my ABCs or whatever. And I remember going into my mom's room and she's laying in bed laughing at the TV. And I jumped up on the bed. Mommy, what you watching? The Golden She says, The Golden Girls, you wouldn't watch it. It's about four old ladies who live in my house. How old were you? I watched it and laughed my ass. Oh, I bet you were a little cute little fucker. About it. Five. <laughs> hey, you saw those pictures old, of me. I was. I, wore a I think I. Husband. I think I came I out. Mean, the, my my mom pushed me out, and I'm. I was surprised about that, but she pushed me out, and I plumped up, and I was husky. <laughs> I'm still fucking husky. Well, I remember we went on this cruise back when I graduated elementary school. Uh, we went on a cruise, and years down the road, I haven't seen these pictures in years. And years down the road, I'm flipping through this album, looking at the, looking at the family album, looking at these pictures, <laughs> and I'm like, where the hell am I? And who the Who's this little fat ass taking pictures of? <laughs> no. You better not. And my mom's like, that's you. I said, burn them. 
Oh, I bet I know. I bet I know. A, uh, I bet I just came up with a question you might not be able to answer. Okay. All right. Let's see. Okay, here's a good one. You said her boyfriend Miles, correct? Where was Miles from? Yes. He has, there's a lot of, and, and what is it called? Inconsistency. Did I stump you, old and friend? That, um, thing. um, so, no, there's, it's, uh, it's a controversy with him because he is in the witness protection program. So nobody knows where he came from. And there's an episode earlier on in the series before Miles was introduced. Um, this guy, Harold Ooh. Gold, played Miles, but he uh, also played uh, Arnie, who dated Rose in an earlier episode. So, Miles is Miles is not his name. His real name is Nicholas Carbone, and he's working in the witness protection program. And he come he there's an episode where he's telling Rose that his real name is Nicholas Carbone. He's a uh, He's one of those snitches in and, and the witness protection program. He has to leave, and he comes back dressed as a rabbi. Okay. And he says, I think that I am going Nobody knows to binge watch Golden Girls tonight, bro. <laughs> as you damn well fucking should. As you should. <laughs> And yeah, and that's all. That show has been the glue that's held me together through everything. Oh, my uh, my roommate, I heard a, a okay, so I'm talking with my fancy microphone. Do what? And um, and I I have my earphones on, and I can hear it's like having super fucking human hearing. I hear everything in the house, and I heard this fucking weird squeaking sound. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And I had to look around. And it was my buddy going to take a shit. It was his. It was his door opening. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't hate on him. I know that you're a homophobic dick oh, sucker. God. So I mean, he can't help he's gay. So don't be mad at him or mean to him. I can't help it either. Hey, I always tell people, you know, gay is not a option. Gay is a, something you're born with. For some you people, know, it's a blessing. For some people, they're, they call it born sick. For me, it's a, it's just a curse. Because sometimes I, it's, I go like weeks without it, and I get like I just go without, and I just try and try hmm. like a trap panther with nowhere to go and a Corvette with its wheels turning with nowhere to run and just and I can't get any and it just really pisses me off and all these guys are just so sensitive and just so just irritatingly sensitive and just picky and want to ask a million questions and sometimes I want I, 
If I could switch mm. and choose straight, I would choose straight in a fucking heartbeat and motorboats and fucking tits and eat some goddamn You pussy. You want to know something? You're talking to a former... I am a former homophobe. I am I am a former, um, I guess, very hateful person. Uh, I was raised um, out here in the South, and I was raised to um not like uh i was raised to uh i was raised to be pretty hateful towards gay people i was raised to be hateful towards black people i was raised to just be hateful towards anybody mm -hmm. that wasn't really white um when i was a kid i remember um going to uh captain d's and uh we ordered our food and i love captain d's and when my granny got up to the, the window, she seen a bunch of black people working in there. And she told my grandpa to just drive the drive off. I ain't letting them I ain't letting them touch my food, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. You know, using using words, you know, using the words that us white folks shouldn't say. And she would say that. And uh mm -hmm. I remember um uh uh a black yeah. guy uh, coming one time. I was about five. I was about five years old. And a black guy was walking down the road. And I think he was a Jehovah's Witness or something like that. He came to our house. And I, me being a little kid, I was like four or five. And and he come walking up. And, and me, I just, I'm just nice to everybody. And uh, he, he wanted a glass of water. And I remember um, I said, oh, he came and knocked on the door. And uh, he wanted a glass of water. I was like, Granny, this guy at the door wants a glass of water. And she came and saw he was a black guy. And, uh, I guess to get him the hell off of her doorstep, she said, go get, you know, go get a glass, get him a glass of water. So I went and I filled it up, you know, like a little kid. I'm doing something good for somebody. I'm, you know, I, I grabbed my favorite. I'm a Florida Gator fan. So I grabbed my favorite Florida Gator cup. And I went and filled it up with water, and I went and gave it to him. And I was just going to go throw it in the sink, and my granny told me to throw it away. And I, I was, like, so confused. I was like, throw, throw it away? I just was very confused with that. And, um, and my grandfather was in the Ku Klux Klan and when, he, when he was younger. So um, anybody that wasn't white wasn't right. And yeah, he kind of grew out of that in his older age, you know, where he wasn't so racist. But the gay thing was a, was uh, uh, was worse than being black. Gay was worse than being black. Gay was the worst thing. Uh, I was raised that the worst thing on this planet you could be was gay and black. So a gay black man was the worst thing that you could ever be. It was that's the way I was raised, but oh, I was raised, well. That I that was, was raised, one too. I remember. Thing um, you could ever. I remember when I was, was about uh, seventeen. My grandfather found a. Uh, I, I I was smoking weed at the time. I started smoking weed when I was fifteen. I still I, smoke weed. I love weed, and he found a pipe. And he accused me of, of doing drugs and being a dope head. And I said, Grandpa, it's just weed. And he said, that's the same goddamn fucking thing. 
And I was like, no, weed is not the same thing as drugs. So, you know, them old people, he didn't, when he got older, I realized he wasn't hateful. He was raised fucked up because in his retirement picture, when he, when he retired, he had his arm around a black guy. But in his young years, mm. you know, when I was little, he still had a bunch of that hate in his heart and he was, and he was teaching it to me. And, mm. um, but the one thing he never, he never, uh, he never said anything different was, was the gay thing even till dead. And, uh, when I grew up about five years after he passed, um, mm. you know, I had some buddies that had a gay black friend and, and the, and the, and the buddies that I had, they said, these weren't the guys, these were tough motherfuckers and they had a gay black friend. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys even fucking doing with a, with a motherfucking gay black friend or what? You know, I probably use bad words with that. And then I met a black friend. His name was Leo. He was 25 years old and the sweetest fucking person you would ever meet. And when I, uh, when I quit thinking like that and started thinking, you know what, I'm not going to just hate on somebody because of whatever. I'm going to learn who they are and figure out who they are. And when I figured out who he was, he was so sweet, so kind. And he was going through the same type of things. He wanted love, but he couldn't fall in love with a female. And him being a gay black guy out here in the country where we live, you couldn't find love because so many people be so mean and hateful that he was just cool with not finding love and just having his straight friends, you know, um, just he would say his jokes, he'd fuck with people, you know, he'd let them know, I think you're cute, this and that. And when I was younger, I would take offense to that. But then when um, when I got to meet him and see how loving and, and, and this and that, and um, I ended up having a little daughter. And uh, next thing you know, and I had stepkids, I had three stepkids. And they ended up calling him Uncle Leo. You know, I when I got to meet him and, and see how good and, and I didn't give a fuck who, what he, who he liked to fuck when I wasn't around. Such a good, caring person. And uh, that was my first gay friend was Leo. He uh, had a heart condition. He had 10 major heart attacks in a row, died at 25. And I went to his funeral and... Um, and and met his family and and you could see people were still mean and hateful towards him wouldn't say anything about uh, anything about him being gay wouldn't say anything you know just kept it i was like this really isn't who leo was this who y'all are talking about what who leo was and um when i when when i went through all that i was like wow you know who gives a shit? Who you know? And it—that's when um, uh, I I completely changed my way of looking at people and treating people. Well, before that, you know, before his death, but um, that was my first gay friend. And when I was a kid, when I was a kid growing up, it was uh, the same thing kind of now as it was when I was a kid. They would pick on me and call me gay because uh, I was still kind of like that as a kid growing up. I like to make people laugh and mm. I would get flamboyant with, with the way I would make people laugh. Um, you know, I've always thought the gay culture was funny, even as a kid. And uh, I would, I would do my little gay shit and, and not even trying to do it, 
but I just, you know, being flamboyant was kind of me and I still am like that now. And they would, uh, they would call me gay back then and I would get super pissed off. I'd get fighting mad over that. But, uh, now I'm like, I kind of almost take it as a compliment. I, because, uh, if you call me gay, that means I must look pretty nice. I must nice. I must, I must be pretty clean. Um, and uh, you guys are just hating on me. Mm-hmm. So if they call me gay, then I'm like, all right, I must look pretty good. I must look pretty good today. I got the haters hating. Well, in my experience, when I was growing up, I was brought up to, I mean, I knew, nobody told me what mm-hmm. gay was. I just found that out when my Next to neighbor whipped his dick out when I was twelve years old and he was ten. Um nobody told me about that or anything. Um but the one thing that was always shoved down my throat was never do drugs. Don't ever do drugs. As my my parents would smoke cigarettes, but you know, they would talk shit about weed and everything. and to this day. I don't frown upon people. I, I used to frown upon people who use drugs. Now I just don't, I don't judge them. I don't frown upon them. But if they come up to me asking me for drugs or start acting all kind of ways and crazy, mm-hmm. that's I start frowning upon them and I set them straight and give them the old Dorothy's born attic in me. Mm-hmm. They- because if it's your problem, keep it your problem. Don't make it mine. I will not judge you. Mm-hmm. I will not judge you. But if you make your problem mine, you better be ready for some yep. shade. And I do not mean from the palm tree. Now, I was a sponge. My parents, you know, they they always used a lot of different language around me. And I knew what everything meant at a very young age because I knew how to get information out of my mother that she normally, that no parent would ever tell their child like what vulgar words meant. And how I would do it would, I would, um, I would, if my, if, like my mom once called, once said the N word directed towards the black person. And I'm like, mommy, what's that mean? And she's like, yeah, well, I won't tell you. I said, well, if you don't tell me, I'm going to go ask my teacher and tell the teacher that you told me to ask her. So every time she said a word that I didn't understand and she didn't want to just tell me what it meant, I blackmailed her into it because I threatened to go take it to school to my teacher. And that's how I knew what every word meant. Now, when I was first like learning how to hold sentences and learning how to walk and talk and whatever, I remember my mom telling everybody this story. I was three years old, still in a stroller. My mom walked into Macy's, and there was this lady who had six kids. And I don't remember this, but my mom does. She said, I got out of the stroller, and my mom turned her back. And I started walking, you know, doing my baby steps, walking up to this woman who had six Excuse me, ma'am. I said, "Well, ma'am, you should get your tubes tied." 
Oh, oh, so uh, Karma is messaging me. I'm going to send her. Let me see. I'm going to send her this link, I bro. I never had a filter then, and I sure as hell don't have one now. <laughs> Let's see. More. Copy. All right. <laughs> Oh, you're. Uh, oh, I'm gonna love to talk to both of you if she gets on here. She is so cool and sweet. She will be so loving to you. You would just love her. She's like, she's like a new age golden girl. How I know I've spoken with her. She and I talked. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? That's something I would like to talk with you um, about if you are cool with talking about that. Or something. Uh, all right. Well, I'd like to get her on with us if you're um Yeah. Honey, I'm an open book. I talk about anything. Ew. Ooh, gross. You know what? Um today, Except okay, so I went to the beach today and um and my lady my lady friends that I went to the beach with, they always tease me about being gay. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all just go ahead and uh, oil yourself right on up. Yeah, 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 I'm gay. Mm-hmm, sure. If y'all need help getting oiled up, let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Karma's calling me. Mm. Let's see. Hi. Hi. Is this Karma? What's the Yes. Hi, gorgeous. Hi. You're on the Chase Bristow show. I got you on my little speakerphone. Um, you Welcome need to get to on this Bristow link so I can show. talk to you with him. Oh, he can't. She can't hear you. I got my headphones on. Well, you can talk through there. You know, I can hear her fine. Uh, I got her on speaker, but she can't hear you because, uh, like, the only way I can hear oh, is with my damn well, earphones. Mom, are you are you, you um, doing the link? No, I just answered the phone. Oh, who was calling you? You did. Oh, I was calling you. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I, told, I said you're like a young new age golden girl like you're so sweet and loving and caring alright I love you she couldn't hear you but you hear her and how fabulous and country she is like uh, Blanche is from Georgia this girl's from Georgia and country as hell and Ooh, and oh, and Carmen, she's so sweet. Let me see. Let me go to my Carmen little anchor thing. Let's see if she gets in hell. I see. We're at one hour and thirty nine minutes. It went by quick, didn't it? Well, uh, we usually mm -hmm. do them. How long do the podcast? We usually do them around two do hours. We usually do them around two hours, and then, um. And then you can go through there and, and edit it, edit shit out if you need to, or you know, just let everybody hear how it went uncut. 
Um, I uncut. That's how I like my dick too. No way. <laughs> Bet you didn't see that one coming. All right, let's see. Oh. <gasps> Hi, I'm okay. How are y'all doing? Oh, my God. Hello. Chase, you, can you tell us who just joined the show? Amazing. Once I find my lighter. Um, Karma Moon, uh, she's a school teacher Karma. and an amazing woman. And the most beautiful girl in fabulous. all of Georgia. Like, we're lucky that we got her on here because she is so Love beautiful and so fabulous. You're crazy. <laughs> so, uh, we, we just got Who's done talking about what are we talking about, Chase Meister? That's right. Oh, we were talking about autism. We were about to start talking about the hell is my lighter Um, and diet coke. I was going to ask him, and he was telling me that when you guys talk, you talk about autism. Yep. And I I guess um, when I taught in, well, towards the end of my teaching career, you know, autism was becoming more well known. And uh, yeah. And I was teaching. Uh, oh. <laughs> I thought you were talking about oh, God. awareness. But anyway, no, I'm so yeah, we're now having a serious moment now, Chase. Jesus. What is it? <laughs> oh, I was. Ha- I had. To- uh, <laughs> a serious moment is when somebody talks about something serious. Mama, you can always talk to us. So yeah, we were talking about autism and autism awareness. To so go ahead. Oh, I just um, I taught a lot of the students at that was in my grade because the um teachers, the special ed teachers, would come to me and ask me if I would allow their students in and I'm like yeah bring them on in because they don't bother me I mean they can if they need to lay in the floor and do their work if they're more comfortable that way mm-hmm. you know and if they had a meltdown I let them melt down unless it was you know endangering somebody but I would just you know if, if they got real upset or whatever and didn't want to leave the room or what I just told them I said you know you can just Stay here, you know, do your yeah. thing, and, you know, when you get finished, when you get yourself together, just get back up and, you know, join the class, okay? That's That was my attitude. Huh? You know what? Thank um, you. You know what? Um, maybe you That's can beautiful. enlighten me That's a little. Um, I I, they put me in second grade. They put me in special ed classes. I grew up um, in Jacksonville, Florida, which is it's the hood. It's, I grew up in the hood, and yeah. um, they they put me in these special classes, but they never told me what was wrong with me. They never told me what why I was in there. They just said I was slow learner, but that was it. And what? Um, um, what? Who am I talking? Is this George I'm talking to now? Yeah. Uh huh. 
they put they put you in there, but they didn't tell you why. No, uh, well, okay. My dad got he got hit by a truck when I was seven, and my mom was never there. So I don't know. I kind of screwed me up in the head, anyways. Whatever, and um, and I I think and, and well to me, I just kind of um, I quit caring about school too much, and I just like to make people laugh all the time. So I was like a class clown. Uh huh. And and um, and uh, I don't know. I I really don't know, but I've I've always kind of wondered what. Like, um, it put me so far behind. Um, by the time I got into ninth grade, I was so far behind because, um, you know, I was in class with kids with Down syndrome and, and different things. And um, and by the time I got into ninth grade, uh, they, they said, well, maybe we can put you in regular classes. They put me in regular classes, and I felt so awkward and weird and out of place, and I didn't want to do the work, and, the, and it confused me because I was so far behind that uh -huh. I still I still just wanted to make people laugh, and they ended up in the regular classes. They put me in the very back, and they'd even give me – in regular classes, they would give me – let me bring my, like, CD player, uh -huh. and I would listen music and shit and just sit in the back of the class and chill and listen to my I don't know I think Green Day Duke, Dookie back then oh, and, uh, and how, old, when how I, old are you? 38. 38? Okay well I can tell you exactly what's wrong is that back then um, they didn't do a whole lot of testing and stuff I mean yeah. now they didn't now they have like individual IEPs like um individual educational plans where like if you are a you know dyslexic or whatever they work with you they give you uh assignments that you're able to do in the you know with your dyslexia or to help you get better um i mean i had you know i've had children who you know were not able to read really well but mm -hmm. they were very creative so you know i would let them like draw or create a solar system or whatever they you know to show me that they knew the concept of what I was trying to teach them you know you can't you can't hand every kid a pencil and paper and say here answer this question this way exactly I mean because it's not gonna you know it's, it's not it didn't work for everybody but it sounds like they just um were just shoving you around like I I I'm curious because okay um um our buddy here Chase he has Asperger's and I I've watched um I've had to self teach myself with what I think that I've had uh, I know that I was really bad with I've never read a book so I, I hate I cannot stand to read to myself but I'm really good at reading like if I if I get up and I have to read in front of, like, I, if I have to do a safety meeting at work or something like that, uh -huh. I'm really good at reading out loud, but I hate, I cannot, I've never, like I said, never read a book, and I get so frustrated with reading. Oh, my God, I get so frustrated. Oh, I hate it. Like, I almost get anxiety even thinking way. about reading a book. Oh, well, my gosh. I, um... Yeah, I, I'm. Might be. I, I, I honestly, I, and, and I I'm weird. Like, well, okay, I, I can get up on stage and I love way. to make people laugh. I can be center of attention, like but um, meeting somebody normal, like just trying to be normal with people, I'm very awkward and weird with being normal with people. 
I didn't find you awkward or weird at all. Now, Chase was eating watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Like, Is watermelon crunchy? I'm like, Chase ain't got no damn sense. <laughs> I love Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately asking me about crunchy watermelon. I was like, holy shit, I love this kid. He what we were just you know what we were taking turns talking about how awesome you are and um I you know it was hard to we were trying to see like who could get the most brownie points and I think we were kind of even so. <laughs> oh y'all are sweet but but you know uh, one funny thing are you uh, am I with y'all uh-huh okay okay because it quit crackling and I couldn't okay um when I first went to Houston County, I had never heard of Asperger's. And I thought it was Asperger's. And I'm uh -huh. like, why in the hell they going to call it? Why would they call it that shit? An Asperger. And they said mm -hmm. Asperger's. <laughs> you, know what the, you know how they can't, because, okay, when that I first heard about it. Off, I was like, why the hell they calling these kids that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I watched the documentary on it, uh-huh. Uh, one kid is like, I have Asperger syndrome, and I just I had to crack up at it because yeah. I did. I watched a documentary on it, and and I noticed that it seemed like a lot of the autistic people that had Asperger's because it's a uh, it's like a functional form of autism yeah. where you can you can be normal, but you're different. And I'm like, well, I wonder if that's what the fuck was wrong with me all the years. Well, um, I know that, that children with autism have a, a hard time um, socially, like, you know, getting things out and socially. And a lot of times they just be like really like flat, you know, their voices are flat and they just say stuff. And you're like, what just come out of his mouth? You know, but, <laughs> but it's just. You know, that's just that's that's their now. OK, now Chase has been Chase has been diagnosed with that. And yeah. he's not like that. Is it just something that, that he's had to really work with to get to where he's not like that? He's um, high functioning. I mean, that you know, there's there's children who have uh, the autism and they are traumatic they experience. Are just, they like that. function in society and they'll, you know, never be able to. Because they've just, you know, it's just so bad. But, um, you know, some people can, they, they do fine. You know, at, uh, and autism, a lot of times they're like geniuses, you know. Um, I had one kid who quote every damn movie line, every movie. I mean, he just was amazing. I couldn't believe it. He would just come up and just start quoting movie lines. And I'm like, what? How do you do that? <laughs> my best friend, uh, my best friend that just went to take a shit earlier when yeah. I was talking to Chase, his uh, nephew, he, he has uh, a, a more um, more serious case of autism. Yeah. And he's just in his own little world. Yeah. And he, um, he does a lot of just walking around and kind of holding his hands together and just, just in his own world. And if you sit there and try to talk to him, he just gives you a yes or no answer. But if you ask him, um, if you ask him about anything dealing with reptiles, uh, uh -huh. amphibians, anything like that, he is an, ex an encyclopedia. Yep. 
that, um, that's another sign of autism is, you know, really focused on one subject, you know, just a lot, almost with, you know, and very knowledgeable about certain. There's Oh, oh wow! So that okay? Oh my gosh! Like I don't want to uh, interrupt the you, but that girls. that really makes a lot of sense. That's kind of um, that's kind of where Chase uh, did his his super hyper focused is on Golden Girls. Well, that's okay. There's a couple other things. I love, uh, there's an animal that I love that I am oh obsessed God, with too, awesome. and that's the octopus. <laughs> I was obsessed with the octopus ever since I can remember. I even had a pet octopus. Well, let, what? Me, let, me, let me tell you about I also this, was this obsessed with claw machines too. It, I had a, I had full-size claw machines in my house. I loved um, sprinkler systems. You know, what the hell? But he loved them, and he would design them. And one day, wow. his mother answered the phone, and this the president of a company was wanting to talk to him. Didn't realize he was like a sixteen-year-old. He wanted to talk to him about um, patenting, getting a patent on one of his uh, designs, and wanted him to work for them. And he was wow. like in middle school, you know. So it's you know it's just. It's just amazing, you know, the, the the levels, you know, that people are on that spectrum. Just, and then I yeah, one child who, uh, his, what they, his objective was to be able to walk by a bulletin board with a heart on it and not freak out because he hated hearts. You know, Valentine's Day was a fucking nightmare for the kid. Excuse my French. Wow. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on now, mama. Potty mouth. What the fuck? <laughs> but I just, I felt so bad for that kid, you know, because I'm like, God, you know, I mean, and I don't mean just a little meltdown. I mean, he would go, <laughs> you know. So, oh. so, you know, it's just, oh, Lord. Yeah. What happened? I can understand that I had the worst date ever on Valentine's Day. The guy barely said a word to me, and we went out and we were about to go to the movies, and the drunk asshole came staggering up talking to us, and then the guy, then my baby and I went back in the bar, and I tried to talk to him, and he's like, I'm tired, and I said, well, you lit up like a Christmas tree and showed yeah. the hell socialized with the, the drunk asshole out front. He's like, he's like, Chase, you're being incredibly fucking annoying. And I said, well, I'm going to the bathroom. And I walked him and I texted him. I said, well, you I can get in me. the cab and go to the movies yourself because I'm going home. Oh, and he said, have a nice life. I said, I will now that you're out of it. You know what happens with me, and I don't know. I, um, like I said, I've never been. Um, I, I've never been really tested. The only thing I, ever, I, I uh, only thing that they ever told me was I was bipolar. bipolar. But, um, but I, oh my god! No, I just I just crossed my legs and crushed You gotta my be ball. careful doing that, bro. Yeah, don't be sitting naked in those plastic chairs neither. 
<laughs> Did you see that that photo of the guy that his balls slipped through the little plastic slit? Yes. That called nine one one. I'm like, how? Did oh my god, if that was me, I would say, Will you please put the Ku Klux Klan thing over top of my head so nobody can see who I am, please? But no, you ain't gotta put up no crap. Uh, and you if you you can go to mental health and um they can test you and let you know what the deal is. And that's what I would do. You know, like I guess with me, I um, I don't know. I think that I think that people sometimes I feel like people maybe label and just like, oh, you got this or that because I talked to the guy for five minutes and he said, yeah, you're a bipolar. Here, get all this medication. But maybe it would be, and then maybe it would be good to do something like that. But I can maybe focus more on. All right, okay. Well, I got this little, and what I what I've noticed with me. Is uh, through the years I've had to just kind of learn how to teach myself and how to learn shit myself. And uh, I'm like, all right, I just have to learn shit a little bit different than the way they was trying to teach me in school. Uh huh. And so I, I've self taught uh, just about everything. Like, if I, if I uh, like, um, a few years ago, I said, what's the difference between a project manager and a superintendent on a construction job. I, I really didn't know the difference. I didn't know what the fuck the difference was. Yeah. I knew that you had to go to college to be either one. Uh-huh. And I started to say, well, I know I'm not going to go to college because I never even graduated. I don't even have a GED. But I'm going to start watching YouTube videos and see what the difference is. And I started watching YouTube videos on um, superintendents. Uh-huh. And I started watching web, uh, webinars on attendance. And I, uh, I started to just tell myself that I could be a superintendent. And I started doing resumes, uh, putting resumes out that, uh, that I wanted to be a superintendent. And what's funny is it led me to become a, a project manager for a construction company. And then I had to learn how to become a project manager mm-hmm. and to become an estimator. So yeah. I would watch videos on how to be an estimator and watch videos on how to do all the software. And I didn't even know how to turn on a computer when I, when I started this. I was like, I, I don't know what the I don't even know. I never even had a laptop or anything. So, well, I better get a laptop and figure this shit out if I want to do this. And um, I did it. And I didn't do well. I did great at it. And I became the best estimator that we had at the company. That's but, awesome. Yeah. But then, um, I don't know. I guess the other little weird part of my brain and work who I am, I uh, I always talk drama at work. Like uh, I was at um, the owner of the company, uh, her husband thought that I was having sex with his wife. Thought I was having sex with the owner, oh, and and he started getting jealous. I mean, it was weird. I was like, I'd come to work just wanting to work. And I yeah. started getting people just hate, hating me. They, I had the owner's uh, husband 
going out in the field and telling guys all kinds of weird shit, telling them another thing they were telling that I was gay. And then next thing you know, rumors I'm trying to mess with his wife. And I'm like, I'm okay, you're telling everybody in the field I'm gay. Now uh, I'm hearing rumors that I'm trying to fuck around with the wife. And um, I don't know, it's just weird things. Like I get in these really good positions and 